Hi, it's Dune here, your host and hype girl. And before we dive into today's episode, I want you to take a hot second to reflect. What's that passion, unique experience, or knowledge you have itching to be shared with the world? For me, it's always been about guiding you and cheerleading incredible women to start your businesses. So what's your thing? You see, everyone's got something they excel at, something they just can't stop talking about. And it turns out that one of the best ways to monetize those passions is through sharing that thing with the world as a digital course product. My life's work has been to chat with more than 600, 7, 8, and 9-figure e-commerce founders. And it's through those conversations that have led me to creating a foolproof playbook and my go-to guide for early-stage founders in the form of my first-ever digital program, e-commerce fundamentals. But it wouldn't have been possible without Thinkific. The beauty of this platform lies in its simplicity. Cute templates and a super easy to use editor. No coding headaches, no tech-induced stress, just pure focus on what matters most, the content. So if you've ever been curious about building a course to teach your passion, this is the way to do it. The genuine support from the Thinkific team turns it from this lonely, confusing headache into the most fulfilling and easy project. Go to the link in my show notes to get a free trial on me. This is Rosie Jane Johnston for Female Startup Club. And welcome back to the show. Today, we're learning from Rosie Jane Johnston, the founder of By Rosie Jane. By Rosie Jane was founded in 2010 by celebrity makeup artist Rosie Jane Johnston, an Aussie who has made her home in LA. Each fragrance formulated by Rosie herself is free of parabens, sulfates, phylates, and phosphates, and housed in recycled and recyclable packaging. Her perfumes and body care products are refreshingly simple and ideal for daily wear using the highest quality fragrance oils. In this episode, we cover her journey to building this brand into a seven-figure company stocked in the likes of Sephora and 13 Loon, and the campaign that's driving her customer acquisition right now. If you love something in this episode, please do consider sharing it on Instagram stories and tagging us or leaving us a review to help other ears find us. I'm so grateful for each and every one of you who do this. Let's jump into this episode. This is Rosie for Female Startup Club. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Rosie, hi. Welcome to the Female Startup Club podcast. Yay, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to have you here and to hear all about your brand. I was just saying to you before we started recording that this is probably one of the first times we've had a fragrance founder on the show. And I'm so excited to dig into how you actually go about creating a fragrance brand and what that journey looks like. But before we jump into it, could you give us a bit of an overview or an elevator pitch, if you will, into you, your brand and the ethos behind it? Yes. So I am Rosie Jane. Um, I am the founder of By Rosie Jane. We are a clean beauty fragrance. I like to say lifestyle brand as well, because I feel like that's really what we, we stand behind. We are all about easy, everyday, transparent, authentic, beautiful products. That's kind of everything that stands for By Rosie Jane. I love <laughs> really it. simple. And it's so beautiful. I love your design and your overall aesthetic. It's really nice. I know that you have had quite the journey to getting to where you are today and you've launched multiple brands under kind of your namesake brand. And I'd like to kind of go back to the very beginning of where you like to start your story and where you like to kick things off, which I'm guessing is like pre-2002. Oh, man. I feel like I'm like a dinosaur in the in the entrepreneurial world nowadays, especially now the way that brands are built and they they grow really really fast and then they sell and then you know we're an uh, like an older brand in the sense that I launched 
So my original product, I'm a makeup artist by trade. That's sort of my, where I started everything. It's where I fell in love with beauty. It's where I fell in love with the way that products can make you feel. But then in, gosh, I'm going to say like, yeah, it would have been like around 2002, 2003, I launched this cheek and lip gloss. And it was the very first product that I ever did. Clearly, I was a makeup artist. I had been putting lip gloss on the cheeks of my clients for what felt like an eternity because I love the like dewiness that is now very on trend, right? Everyone has, but <laughs> very I didn't, glossier. very glossier, but I didn't want the shimmer, which is what I did, like that kind of buildup that it would give on the skin. I love the translucent feel that lip gloss did. So I created the, a cheek and lip pot and people were like, I'm sorry, I I don't really understand what you mean. It's like a cream, but it's sort of dewy. Now people would be like, yeah, dude, this is a no-brainer, of course. I love things that are two for one. Yeah, they're like, uh, I'm sorry, I feel like this product's been done 10,000 times. But when I launched it. You're ahead of your time. People were really kind of, you know, taken back by it. It was different. So, But that's really where I started my whole entrepreneurial journey we got this really amazing cult following behind it. We were just Rosie Jane was my name, the brand name then. And yeah, I was still doing makeup and I was selling this little cheek and lip pot into boutiques. And that is really how it all began. Uh, I kind of got the bug then. And so what happened with it? We, so we launched into, we were in a bunch of stores in Sydney. So I was still living in Australia at the time. And then gosh, I'm trying to remember, I came to the US and we started to get like a little bit of like a following here. We launched into a very trendy store at the time called Sateen, which was on um, Third Street, which very kind of funky part of town. A friend of mine is a, was a stylist and she was the buyer and she was like, I'm obsessed with your cheek and lip pots and I want to put them in there. So we we I found these little tiny stores and then kept kind of growing from there all the time doing makeup and then it really was this very organic growth but then the crash of 2008 came right so I was never fully supporting myself doing the the cheek and the lip it was more makeup I was doing both of them together and then so we I think we probably had about like a hundred little tiny boutiques you know and I would call the orders were so teeny, so we would call and be like, or we, I would call like every day <laughs> around to stores and be like, hi, you know, I have a new product. Would you like to try it? I would love to, you know, send you a sample. And they would say yes. And then I would send it and they would order like five. We had three colors. They would do like three of each color maybe and a tester. And then I would call them kind of monthly to be like, hey, is, you know, do you need a reorder? Do you need new testers? Can you do this? Can you do that? But, you know, I had no real idea of marketing. I had no idea of, of you know, education. So we had this new product, a new concept, and people were loved it. And we got, literally, we got so much press. We were written up in Allure. We were written up in InStyle. And it was me literally packing these little boxes and tying hand-tied bows around each box. Very bootstrapped, grassroots. Oh, yeah. I mean, I had a, the, when we very first launched, I remember we had this like tying party. So I invited all of my friends to come over to our house in Paddington, where I grew up in Sydney. And there was like 10 of us and we all sat around a table and hand-tied. <laughs> 
Founders, take note. <laughs> Get your friends over, rope them in. <laughs> yes, I, I had to supply a lot of wine, I remember, and food, and that was about it. That's all it took. Um, it's all we need. It's all we it. need. <laughs> and good conversation. And then we tied, you know, we probably didn't actually get very many done, but my mom was a bit of a champion at the tying of the boats. They were so perfect. But it was, it really was a very kind of side hustle thing. It didn't, like I knew I wanted to do something that was different and made a made a difference and, and felt good, but I don't think I was picturing too far down the track. It was just, everything was just right now. Oh, a new store here, a new store there. Um, and then we, yeah, it was kind of crazy. My thought process here around 2008 or my assumption is similar to COVID. This thing happens, everything goes to kaput and all the stores that you're stocked in close. Is that what happened? Yes. Yeah. So, and at the time though, of course, we didn't have these online channels, right? So essentially- When it closed, we lost probably six or 80% of our stores. So the difference was is that there were still people who could fight through, whereas I feel like with COVID, with, with the brick and mortar, there was no, you know, no one could survive that period if you only had brick and mortar. You, it was mandatory closing. This was kind of survival of the fittest, right? It was brutal. But everyone was... Yeah, closing doors. That was our only outlet. We did not have a website. We didn't have anything at the time. And I know it seems so crazy. So yeah, it, it pretty much killed, yeah, 85% of my business. And I remember at the time thinking, oh, okay, well, that's done. I mean, thank God for makeup. You know, I guess this is what it is. And then randomly, this girlfriend of mine, who was a colleague who also had a beauty line at the time, was like, have you ever thought of doing fragrance? And this is still 2008 or is this kind of like a few years down the track? It, well, it, it was. <laughs> Establishing a timeline over here. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it was 2008 that she, it, when it came up in conversation. Okay, right. So, and I was like, no, like why would, and this is where it was sort of this weird synchronicity is I had, had a fragrance that I had mixed for myself as a makeup artist and wore as like my signature calling card, right? So I had always had this kind of, and, but when she was like that, I was like, no, dude, why? I would never do perfume. Like I am not a perfumer. That seems insane. And that kind of started everything rolling for me. She planted the seed. Yeah. (laughs) And then when you know, people were sort of the education behind what I had done with the cheek and lip just was challenging. It was, you know, beautifully packaged. I had done all of this really great work, but I didn't understand, as I said, the marketing. I didn't understand the the full idea of selling this product out into the market. I think that that's what it was. Even though we had great press, we had great, you know, I was competing also at, at a time where in the idea of an indie cosmetic line was like, I'm sorry. What are you talking about? Different world. Pre-social media. (laughs) Pre-social media. You know, it wasn't really taken seriously. It was sort of taken like like I was, you know, mixing the product in my kitchen and and pouring these little pots where, you know, we worked with a manufacturer. We did all of these things. It was small and teeny, but it was 
legitimate and it just it wasn't sustaining in the way that I would have needed to to create this big line. So yeah, so that sort of it was crazy. That in order for that to happen kind of pushed me into the world of fragrance. That's so crazy. I'm interested to know like how you kind of wrapped that up and then got into 2.0 by Rosie Jane and actually got started. Like, you know, are you sitting there being like, oh, I'm going to mix some fragrance in my kitchen today and see what happens? Or are you like going straight out to a manufacturer who, you know, is a perfumer? What's the, what's that transition? How do you get from A to B? I had, so I had this fragrance that I had worn for a long time. And people, clients of mine would ask me, oh, it's beautiful. I love it. Can you mix it for me? And then I think where, you know, from Lucy was her name, who planted the seed kind of for me. Shout out to Lucy. Shout out to Lucy. (laughs) Uh, And then for it to actually become like a real idea, it took another friend of mine being like, will you make the fragrance that you wear for me, make me like five little bottles. She had a boutique on uh, a very kind of funky area in LA called Larchmont Boulevard. And she was like, I'm obsessed with this fragrance. Can you make it for me? And I want to stick it and put it in my shop over the holidays. And I was like, sure. So I made six little bottles and I, I had this old typewriter that I bought from a garage sale and I hand typed, you know, the fragrance. And that's, I had to name it. Love it. Very Lilabo. Right? I literally, it looked exactly like the Labo. And I had to name it at the time. Of course, I had had my daughter, Layla. So originally it was called Layla. That's all. It was not Layla Lou. So I typed Layla and then I was like, it would look weird to say Layla Rosie Jane. So I was like, Layla by Rosie Jane. That's it. That was it. We glued it onto the bottle, cut it out. And gave her the bottles and she sold out in like a week. It was, I was like, she's like, can I have more? And I was like, uh, yeah, all right. I mean, and so I already, having had the cheek and lip, I already understood the process of how to kind of get into stores and do all that. And then I was like, you know what? Uh, and I was still doing the cheek and lip on the side. It was still going. It was just much smaller. And then I was like, you know what? I'm going to do this for I'm going to add it to the line. I'm going to call all the existing stores that we have, tell them that we're doing a fragrance. Uh, I'm not going to hand type these labels. I'm going to print some stickers. <laughs> and But at the time, I went to a friend of mine. This is so crazy. And I was like, I don't have any money to do the packaging. So I can't afford to do a box. You know, the bottle's fine. I can get stickers. But, you know, to do the box and kind of design it and make it look beautiful. Will you lend me, no joke, like, like $2,000. And I'll give you, this is where the universe is so brilliant. And I was like, I'll give you like 20% of the company if you give me two grand to do the boxing. Whoa. <laughs> Best oh deal God. ever for her. He said no. No. He said oh, he no. Oh it was a guy. He was oh like, God. you know, can I do, this is where it's so crazy when you're young and you're broke. And he was like, you know, I just, I don't know if the company, you know, if I trust you, you know, and I I think that you're smart. I think you're all those things. But honestly, it was something like, I think your husband borrowed like 500 bucks from me like a year ago and he never paid me back. So, you know, I don't think my wife is going to let me give you any more money. And I was like, thank God. 
Thank God. Oh my God. It's literally one of those moments. That would have been the best deal ever for him. (laughs) Oh my. We joke about it now. We're still friends with these people. And I'm always like, like, damn it. (laughs) I'm like, thank God you had no foresight and no trust. Thank God. Because literally, I would I was just like, I, you know, I just, I can't do it. So, so what did you do? How did you get the $2,000? I did no packaging. I just did the bottle and I just did the sticker and I, I had this little paper hang tag and we did no boxing and it was just the bottles and they would sit and I was like, you know what? This is actually probably a really like more of an eco-friendly way anyway to do it. A hundred percent. That's so cool. My goodness. So <laughs> you launch this new fragrance line. Well, you launch a very small fragrance offering of the one scent that you have. What is that first year like? Obviously you said in the first kind of go of 1.0, you know, the cheek and lip gloss, you didn't know how to market. You weren't sure like how to kind of, of the vision, etc. What changes in 2.0? How do you start actually getting this out there to, I mean, you're in a hundred stores before. That's kind of crazy to me. hundred stores, are a lot of stores. So how do you grow this and kind of nurture it into something a lot bigger? Again, I think it, for me, uh, it was, it was a kind of organic growth. So I re- I think we had probably like 40 stores left at that time where I was like, Hey, we have a new fragrance. I'll send you a sample. Luckily this fragrance, Layla Lou is intoxicating, right? You know, it literally is like one of those, I, if I had a plan to make a fragrance as popular as Layla Lou, I don't think I could have accomplished it. It was just one of those sweet kind of moments that it just came together and I happened to mix a fragrance that people loved. So that fragrance is uh, it sold itself. I would send it to people and they'd be like, I love it, great, I'm taking 10 bottles, and it would sell out. And then so it was having gone from a product where people were like, oh, I don't think they understand or, you know, it felt sticky when they first put it on or blah, 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 to a product that pretty much just sold itself with no real explanation. Product market fit. <laughs> I think that's what they call it now. <laughs> yeah, it just, it just, and we had, we weren't doing eau de parfum because they didn't know, understand how the alcohol thing worked. So I was just doing pure oil, but it really was this kind of, just crazy experience. And then I, you know, I am probably, I'm very tenacious uh, and I worked the shit out of that product and my sales channels. I rang, like, and I'm talking like I would ring like 150 stores a day. Hey, I have a new product. I want to send you samples. I want to send you samples. I mean, I was like dogmatic about it and I would like find brands that I that I loved that I knew were sort of boutique and not uh, perfume brands but more um, like brands that I like clothing brands t-shirt brands at the time it was like Splendid or Ella Moss or whatever and I would find out all the stores that they were sold in and I would call those stores that's how I would find them uh, and so I would just ring and be like I know that this is kind of the store this is the sort of fashion that I would wear Obviously, I made the fragrance, so it probably is going to resonate with people who also shop there, and that's how I continue to grow and grow and grow that way. And then we had great sell-through. So the product sold itself, but, you know, I was just diehard to get it into these stores. Did you need to invest any capital in those early years 
to develop the product that you were sending to these stores? And how were you thinking about working capital and the money piece of the puzzle? So for when I became by Rosie Jane, no capital, obviously, because I couldn't even get $2,000. When I started my original company, I borrowed money from my dad. So, or asked him for money. I, I mean, you say borrow with your parents. I never really paid him back. I never did. <laughs> How much are we talking? Uh, I started with $10,000 and then incrementally probably went up to like 50. And that is because I think what happened, the difference between the two was with uh, the cheek and lip gloss, I really, there had to be like someone filling and pouring this product. I mean, it wasn't something that I could do at home. Uh, I designed and created packaging for it. I sort of had like a marketing plan. I wanted a publicist to help me launch it. So there was some initial things that I started with for that company that I didn't with the second company, which was kind of crazy. So but it was more sort of dollops, right? So I would do like gave me $10,000 was like the biggest lump sum and then the rest I feel like just sort of trickled in. Like I was like, no, hey, can you help me pay my publicist this this month? Can you buy me a computer? Uh, can I get that as a business? You know, it was sort of more like that as opposed to here's my business plan, here's, you know, money and and run. Got it, got it, got it. Like and it was different in those. I did letterhead for Christ's sake. <laughs> <laughs> I printed like, you know, you had to have, you know, you just didn't print stuff like that from the computer. It was so crazy when I did the cheek and lip in like two thousand and two or whatever it was. It was, you know, you had MySpace was how I was talking about, and I think my my like eleven year old sister at the time set up MySpace. Oh my God. Wow. MySpace. We're really going back a while here. (laughs) MySpace Tom. Gosh. It's such, it was such a different time. And the the elements that you needed to start a business were completely different to what they are now. Um, So yeah. So that was my startup capital. Shout out to your dad. Always. Funding. (laughs) Love that for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. 
Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. So now, I mean, you're stocked in the likes of Sephora, you're stocked in the likes of Mecca, you're stocked in all these amazing uh, companies, you know, you're doing all these things. When it's come to your marketing and to getting to this point, if you were to distill kind of a couple of your major milestones, whether they were good or bad, but over the years, getting from, you know, those early years of you making 150 phone calls every single day and just like pounding the pavement to today, what's been that journey in the kind of like dot point summary? Oh, gosh. You know, so I think that the big jumps for me came with retail partnerships, right? So the people that I ended up getting recognition from, whether that be press or whatever. But for me, the jump from being just like like little Rosie Jane in a couple boutiques was, uh, you know, Henry Bendel's, which is not the same as it was. So we did it. There was a huge, if you could get a trunk show at Henry Bendel, it was like a game changer for your brand. And I got one. And it was because, again, I would ring them, like I would stay up until 3 o'clock in the morning in Australia and call Henry Bendale's the buyer over and over and because they never pick up their phone. And I knew that if I left a message, she they would never call me back because they'd be like, who the fuck is by Rosie Jane, right? So <laughs> yeah. I would just call and then if I got the voice message, I would hang up and then I would try like maybe an hour later, you know, and till I got... And then I, she picked up the phone and I was like, oh, hi, I'm ready to, you know, I would love to do it. And, you know, I was calling from Sydney and she's like, great, well, you know, I'd love to meet you and get samples. Are you going to be in New York? And I was like, yes, I am. Well, I'm going to be in New York in, you know, I'm trying to plan it. And then I would be like, and then I would just set up all these meetings while I was there and I would do it. I did it with Barney's. I did it with Henry Bendel's. And Henry Bendel was like, you know what, we'll give you a shot. And what was the impact of that? You know, what it, I think what it had is it wasn't massive for sales, but what it did is let other people in the industry sort of, because they are always were shopping Henry Bendel's, right? So they were kind of coming in to be like, what's new, what's cool. I mean, they were at the time the place to be discovered as a brand. It was like if Henry Bendel took you, people were like, 
oh, shit, this is, like, legitimate, like, this is going to be the next big thing. So when I got that trunk show, it was huge. That was sort of our jump. Although financially, can I tell you, it didn't ever feel, like, amazing at any particular point where I was like, whew, now I'm, you know, <laughs> I'm, in, I'm in, you know, financial um, freedom ever with the brand. Was there a point where you were able, what, or what point rather, were you able to start paying yourself a salary and kind of take money out of the business? I only stopped doing makeup. I've been a makeup artist this whole time in 2018. So we launched into Sephora in 2018 and that is when, that was, you know, obviously a huge game changer again for us. Um, and that is when I was like, okay, you know what? I have to stop doing makeup, uh, you know, leave my clients and go all in. Even though I was all in for, you know, much way before 2018, I never felt like I had the confidence to just give up that income. And then in 2018, I was like, I just have to. It's not fair to the clients that I'm working for because I was there like doing their makeup and I was like looking at my phone like, I'm sorry, I have to go. I have a meeting. I'm so sorry. I have to do this, you know, and I was, you know, Sephora is such an incredible company to work with and, but they ask a lot. It's a lot of time, a lot of energy and, you know, I'm growing a brand, you know, in a, on a scale that I had just never done before. So I had to give my all in to everything. Do you have any tips for founders who are listening who, you know, are dreaming of getting into Sephora? What do you think was working in your favor and, and got you in the door? Innovation. That's the biggest thing. You know, we got into Sephora primarily because finally clean products, right, became a thing. And so we had been clean and non-toxic since the beginning, really. Well, I hand mixed and it was not, right? And that's sort of opened up this can of, of worms for me with clean fragrance. And then we became fully clean like we are today in so, so far, feels like a million years ago, probably 2010 when we officially launched, we were 100% clean. But again, people were like, clean? They kept thinking natural, right? Oh, you're an essential oil brand. I'm like, no, we're not you know, 100% natural. We use naturals, but we are clean. We don't use phthalates. We don't use hormone interrupters. We comb our ingredients. You can read our ingredients. A little bit of that education from my past days where people were like, I don't get it. Okay, I'm just going to call you natural. And you're like, okay, it's not really what we are, but if it makes you feel good, go crazy. So I think for us, the Sephora, I had pitched Sephora before and they were like, no, no, we'd never really gotten too far in and then they really I started to look into clean in a whole new way through skincare primarily and they reached out to us and were like hey you know have you would you be interested in sending your product in (laughs) and I was like yeah uh, hell yeah oh my god it was so crazy I love that also like for me what stands out about you is that you're someone that is relentless in the pursuit of getting what you want. And also along that notion of like, no, now doesn't mean a no forever. And it's just about being like open for when 
the no is a yes. <laughs> I think, and I, you know, what's crazy is that it, the, I think that that's where your courage, your conviction is, right? That's where it comes back to if you are not doing something that you truly believe in, that you truly love, you're you're not going to stay the course. 100%. Right? And that is the, such an important part of it. And whatever that is, right, for you, it's that is what has to be your driving force. You're like, no, I know I can do this. I know this is a great product. I know that I'm going to, you know, this is better than what's on the market, whatever it is. You know, I think that's what has to drive you. But there is that, there is something within an, your entrepreneurial spirit you know, it's like nature versus nurture, right? It's just in you. There's also, it's like a, a competitive sports person. They have a level of competitiveness and drive that makes them untouchable, right? And it's why they do the crazy shit that you're like, I could never do that. I mean, could I play basketball? Absolutely not, right? Ever <laughs> in my life. Or any major sports, but, you know, if I can see something that I want, I will hammer away. And it also goes back to that, like, that saying, it takes 10 years to reach overnight success because everyone just wants everything to happen immediately. But really, like, you know, everything does take time and you really do have to have that persistence and that, like, you know, true conviction in what you're doing because nine times out of 10, yes, there's always the rare outlier that pops on TikTok and it, it you know, grows immediately overnight, fine, sure. But also that person has still been hustling for, you know, the years and the lead up to figure out their pathway and there has been something that's come, you know, beforehand. So it's interesting. My mom would always say it to me. I don't actually know where it would, would come from and which was this saying, which is you either pay your dues in the beginning or you pay them at the end, but everyone pays them. So even if you have massive growth, like realistically, you're like, hey, I just talked about a hairbrush, right? And you're like, got a lot of celebrity status, you got a lot of pull, and it climbs massively and everyone's going to buy it. At some point, business nows and real marketing and a really good product and all of these things are going to come into that. They may not come into it right at the beginning and you got all, but then suddenly you're going to hit this plateau and people are going to be like, actually, this product isn't great. Why do I want it? Do I want to buy another one? Am I ever going to tell anyone else about it? And then it just dies, right? So the true test, are you going to tell a girlfriend about it? And are you going to buy it twice? (laughs) Exactly, right? So and that's the thing. It's like, I think that legacy brands overall, if you look at most of them, have these incredible whys, A, generally, why they started, why they're doing what they're doing. They have a lot of struggle in the beginning and because they've had to change and move with the times and manipulate and and have massive failures and have great successes and still come back and fight and push forward. And those are so important to have in entrepreneurial world. I wanted to ask you about something you have on your website to see how it's going, what's the impact been, and that's your $25 sample tester kit. I was reading through your reviews and it sounds like this has been just a great place for people to kind of discover the brand in an easy way. So I'd just love to kind of talk about this as a concept and as a marketing initiative and what it's been like. Yeah. So, you know, one of the biggest challenges for fragrance online is smelling it, of course, right? So 
I feel like it's really most people don't buy fragrance blind unless it's like something that they know, like a Chanel number no. five, where it doesn't even matter if they like it, they just want Chanel number no. five on their dresser. But it was one of the huge challenges for fragrance and and selling online. So it was something that we did actually a really long time ago. Uh, and initially we offered them for free. You know, I, we were a little tiny brand and I was like, hey, if you want to like sign up, we'll send you a free sample. We only had one or two fragrances at the time. And then as we started to look at it, I was like, you know what, this is a really great way. Now we're a collection line to have the experience of fragrance in your own home, in your own life, be able to give people enough product in each of these that they can really live in the fragrance for a week because fragrance is so subjective. It not only impacts your life, it impacts the life of people around you, right? Your animals, your partner, your work environment, all of these things are impacted by your fragrance. So it's so important to be able to try them and bring them home and have this beautiful experience with a brand and and a fragrance that is memorable. And that's really how it evolved into these these sample sets, which is now our number one marketing tool. Absolutely. And from like the kind of economics of this as a channel to acquire new customers, are you kind of positioning it as like a break even? Is it a loss, but then you make it up, you know, because you see that people do come back and buy the full product or like, how does it kind of, how do you map it out? Yeah. So it's probably uh, all said and done like a break even for us. But it is such a great marketing tool and we we are constantly acquiring new customers, right? That's how we're finding people. That's how people are discovering us. And what's cool is that they have this sort of physical object. So even if it's like something that maybe isn't for them, they give it to someone else. So they're like, you know, it's, it's, sort of, it's like paying it forward. <laughs> yeah. It always it ends up in the hands of someone that loves it. You know, even if they're like, I hate this fragrance, Uh, I gave it to my mom or my sister or my cousin or whatever, that person. And the crazy stories of how we we hear from our customers of how they found us is so many like that. I actually read that in some of the reviews, someone (laughs) being like, either I gave it to someone who loved it or, you know, I received it from someone and I loved it and then I bought it. Like there is just, you've got like hundreds and or maybe thousands actually of five-star reviews of people saying you know, these funny little stories about how they came across the tester pack. It's very cool. You know, and word of mouth is nothing more than you you take to heart than your closest girlfriend or family member being like, oh, my God, you have to try this product. It's so amazing. Or this is a, you know, a brand that I love because of X, Y, Z, and this is what they're doing. You've got to try their product. So, yeah, we have a, we're working on a new one, actually, uh, because we have a new fragrance coming out in the fall. Um, but, yeah, it's I spend so much time in design on these on this because I want it to feel like this true experience of not only the fragrance but of who we are as a brand what we stand for what means something to us you know we're very much about community building community give back all of that yeah I wanted to ask you about your community give back I read that you had partnered with I'm not sure how to say it properly Lava May oh yeah I, they were, God, it, this is again years ago, and I they I just found them randomly online, and I loved everything that they were doing, which was providing 
well, they always say providing dignity, right, to to people who are finding it harder to find. So, yeah, they were redoing all of these old buses to be mobile shower stations for the homeless and people who who couldn't, you know, otherwise have opportunity to just experience hygiene, like general hygiene. It was just so they were amazing. And now I think they have like 250 buses. We were one of the, we helped them finance like one, their first bus, I think it was. We we did a, a fundraiser, just little. We gave a percentage of our like sales at the time. It was, it, I, honestly, it probably didn't really pay for anything now when I think of the amount of money that we donated. But it, it just, I just thought it was such a brilliant concept. That is so cool. I love yeah. that. Yeah. What's on the cards for you? What's next? What can you shout about? Oh, gosh. So, you know, we recently got into body and personal care. So, you know, that is we have a new fragrance coming out, but our big kind of push is much more into uh, personal care, personal experience through beautiful products. And then we're, of course, we're launching with one of our most, well, our new favorite retailer, which is 13 Loon. We're an ally brand for them. They are a new beauty retail concept going into all of the JCPenney stores. And they're about diverse, inclusive beauty, uh, a lot of female founders, which is amazing, but really just about people doing something different, talking to a different community, a different market, and really sort of broadening everything out in a really exciting way. Congratulations. Sounds very exciting. Thank you. I'm really excited. It was founded actually by a girlfriend of mine. We started our brands together, what feels like a million years ago. Her name is Nikeo. She had like a coffee body scrub, which is amazing. But her and I would go to like Fred Siegel to the buyers and be like, hey, would you want to take our product? We've known each other since then. And then now to both be be doing this um it, collaboration it feels amazing that's so cool we'll have to get her yeah. on the show <laughs> oh my god she's the most phenomenal and talk about I mean tenacity holy shit I mean we literally her and I were like I remember she was bigger than me at the time as well and I and you know we were still just mixing stuff in our kitchens and it was just t- pushing a boulder up a fucking mountain <laughs> <laughs> the story of every entrepreneur's life oh my god it's just yes it's but you know and you don't ever feel like you get to the top that's what's so crazy I feel like about entrepreneurship every person I speak to whether or not they're in the billions or you know in the hundreds they never feel like they've ever stopped pushing that boulder <laughs> amen <laughs> What do you think is important advice for entrepreneurs in the beauty slash fragrance space? Now it's, you know, I I mean, honestly, I think start small is always the greatest thing you can do. Really have a clear idea of what you want to create and why you want to create that. There is so much saturation in the market right now within beauty, particularly skincare, but every element, color, fragrance. I think you have to, there really has to be a strong why. What am I doing this for? Why does this product matter? 
like I think you can if you you know want to be an entrepreneur and you're not really sure where you want to put your you know stamp on things in which market that's the most important thing to find like don't just bring out a product for the hell of it because now it's too competitive there's so much out there and the one thing we're actually missing I think is innovation you know we're not seeing as many brilliant breakthroughs in new products at the moment you know a lot of it it's just the same so i just think you know sit with it for a minute you know and be like okay is what i am currently doing is it just another thing on the market or is it something that really is going to make an impact in someone's life environmentally you know personally what have you yeah is there a true point of difference yeah. what's the difference yes and those differences can be teeny right like they really can but something that just feels like I, I, this is what i want and it can also be like a product that's based around a completely different point of view right that maybe hasn't been spoken about before if you can go into that space and shout loudly 100% yes exactly hey it's june here Thanks for listening to this amazing episode of the Female Startup Club podcast. If you're a fan of the show and want even more of the good stuff, I'd recommend checking out femalestartupclub.com where you can subscribe to our free newsletter. We send it out weekly covering female founder business news, insights and learnings in D2C, and interesting business resources. And if you're a founder building an e-commerce brand, you can join our private network of entrepreneurs called Hype Club at femalestartupclub.com forward slash hype club. We have guests from the show joining us for intimate Ask Me Anythings, expert workshops, and a group of totally amazing, like-minded women building the future of D2C brands. As always, please do subscribe, rate and review the show, and post your favorite episodes to Instagram stories. I am beyond grateful when you do that. June here. Thanks for listening to this amazing episode of the Female Startup Club podcast. If you're a fan of the show and want even more of the good stuff, I'd recommend checking out femalestartupclub.com where you can subscribe to our free newsletter. We send it out weekly covering female founder business news, insights and learnings in D2C, and interesting business resources. And if you're a founder building an e-commerce brand, you can join our private network of entrepreneurs called Hype Club at femalestartupclub.com forward slash Hype Club. We have guests from the show joining us for intimate Ask Me Anythings, expert workshops, and a group of totally amazing, like-minded women building the future of D2C brands. As always, please do subscribe, rate and review the show, and post your favorite episodes to Instagram stories. I am beyond grateful when you do that.